First Timothy chapter four. Can we kind of get read this and get kind of a running start? Back in verse one, I'm just going to read. I'm going to comment through the whole thing. We won't make any headway. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to uh, be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith, and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. And this is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers, in word and conversation, in charity and spirit, in faith and purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on, of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Now, let's just back up to uh, but, uh, but, uh, verse 10. It's talking about, we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men. By the way, Jesus Christ is the Savior of all men, uh, and he is the living God. Uh, again, we talked about this, we touched on this briefly last week, another one of those incontrovertible proofs that Jesus Christ is divine, that he is divinity. God put on flesh and dwelt among us, uh, as, we, as we're told in John chapter 1. Um, He's the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. Now, we talked about this briefly last week. This is not teaching universalism. The death of Jesus Christ is availing, is, is powerful enough for all men. That means all get saved, right? Well, there are those who teach that erroneously. And if this was the only verse that ever spoke of it, you might lean that way. But we know that uh, many, many uh, scriptures tell us, you know, uh, uh, there's no salvation in any other. Uh, you know, ne- ne- uh, neither is there salvation in any other. For there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We're saved by Jesus Christ. Outside of Christ is the salvation. No. And I could quote verse after verse after verse, and I could fill up this hour and many more besides still quoting verses that teach us that. It's not teaching universalism, but it's saying that one, his, his death atonement is efficacious. It's effective for all men but to those that believe. And those believe not, that's, a, that's, that's sad. That's tragic and sad. These things command and teach. 
now he goes into his personal talking to Timothy, and I think there's a lot of things to be gleaned. I mean, if you're writing a personal note, you know, why are we reading it, right? Well, God knew that we would, and I think there's some things here for us. Let no man despise thy youth. And I'm thinking, what, 59, nobody's despising my youth. But there are people who are young. And let's, you know, you know what happens with youth? Youth. Uh, and, you know, I say things like, you know, youth and youthful. If I say ignorance, then, then everyone who's young is mad at me. Um, obliviousness, is that better? <laughs> uh, youth is, yeah, uh, you ever heard, youth, youth is wasted on the youth? We've all heard that. How do you not waste your youth? Serve Jesus Christ like a crazy person. Just live for Jesus. And nobody will despise your youth if you're doing that. Especially before you have all these encumbrances. You know, once you're married and stuff, we'll see that next chapter next week. Once you're married, you know, your focus is really on your spouse to a large degree. Does that mean you have to abandon Jesus? Well, some do, but no, it doesn't mean that. But it means like the fact that you're married, you automatically have more in your view than just Jesus Christ. And it's designed that way, too. You're supposed to. Uh, uh, but when you're young, and like I say, you don't have any encumbrances, you don't have a wife, you don't have kids, or you don't have a husband or kids, or, I mean, you can really um, pour out your life in such and such a way just for Jesus Christ. Let no man despise you. Be thou an example of the believers in word and conversation and charity and spirit and faith and purity. Now, if you're over, let's say, 30, right, you don't have to be an example in any of these things, okay? Uh, that's what it's clearly teaching. Well, it's clearly not teaching that. Remember we were talking about the, okay, this is what God wants for his elders. Does God not want that if you're not elders? You know, we looked at some of the things, you know, no, no brawler, right? Not given uh, to filthy lucre, you know, you're not, you're not all about that. Well, I think God's setting up, this is the ideal, okay? And this is what I need my, my leadership to look like, but this is what I want everyone to aspire to be. And I think we're looking at the kind of the same thing here. He's specifically talking to youth. He wants you to be an example in believers, in word, in conversation, um, in uh, the word is word. It's what you say. Your your speech should be peppered with grace and with. You know, you talk with some people, and even if you don't know they're Christian, you can kind of almost discern it early on in the conversation because of the way they talk. I was talking to Suze about the other, I guess this guy, you know, and I, I, I suspect he's a Christian. She says, why? Uh, I, I don't know. I just, just the vibe he gives off, just the thing. Like he refrains from vulgar language, which is kind of almost rare in the extreme. And some of the things he says, the way he parses out some of his words, it sounds like this kind of a little bit of like Bible knowledge in there. And I think he's like a this really good guy. And I think I'd be... Surprised if I, when I find out, you know, about it, if I find out that he's not a Christian. So be uh, an example in word. And in conversation, sounds like word again, right? Conversation is manner of life. You want to talk the talk and you want to walk the talk. You want to be a walkie-talkie, you don't want to be a talkie-talkie. You don't want just verbiage. People see that and they're, they're not impressed. We know the jargon, 
We know the right things to say. Our life doesn't line up that way, but we, we say the right things, and it's good enough, right? No. Uh, you know, do you remember before you were a Christian? Because that, that's to me, that's like ancient history. I was, I was a Christian when I was 20. That was a long time ago. But I remember before that, and I knew the difference between like religious sounding people and like people who were like sold out for Jesus Christ. I don't know if I'd use that verbiage, but I knew people who like blah, blah, blah. They said things, but their life was didn't line up with what they said. Here, we call it hypocrisy, by the way, and none of us likes it, okay? Jesus doesn't like it. Uh, he, I think he coined the term. Uh, the word was, it just meant in, 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 in his day, it just meant an actor. And it wasn't necessarily a derogative term to call somebody a hypocrite. If that's what they did for their work, they, they put on a mask and they acted a certain way for performance art purposes, right? They weren't that person. They were just acting like that person. Well, Jesus says, you're an actor. You act like you're all holy, like you're all spiritual, but you're really not. And he meant it as a pejorative. He meant, he, he, when he calls somebody a hypocrite, they would not be blessed. They would take that, how he meant it, as, hey, you're, you're just a, you're an actor. You're, you're just a play acting. You act like you're all spiritual, but you're certainly not. And here, we're call, called on to, to, to walk the walk and talk the talk. How would you do that? In charity, in spirit, and in faith. Charity is love. This is how they'll know you, my disciples, the love you have one for another. I, I, I can give the whole sermon could be based on this part of a verse. I'm just going to touch down on it. We've talked about this at length, but I want to talk about it now because it's, here it is. I've, I remember parts of my, times in my life where I said, I don't know if that person's Christian, so why, how do you, why do you think that? I just don't see any love. Is that a legitimate statement I just made? Is that a legitimate concern on somebody's part? There's no love. There's, just, there's no love. Yeah, they say the right things. They say the words. They know the, the, the jargon. They picked up on the, on the vibe. But I, I just don't see any giving. I don't see any self-sacrifice. Everything is about them all the time. That's the antithesis of what we're talking about here. The absolute opposite. Jesus is saying, no, you're living for others. It's all about others all the time. Um, and for the people who it's all about themselves, he's, he's saying, don't let anyone despise your youth. Be about others. Act in a self-sacrificial manner. And I just wanted to s- describe love again, because every time I say this, I don't, I don't want to assume anyone knows what I'm talking about. 80, 90% of the songs you hear on the radio are about love, and have nothing to do with this verse, okay? So if you're thinking like, well, I listened to this country western song over and on the way over here, and they were talking about love, so now I know what, no, no. Uh, and I'm not picking on country western, because rock and roll, it don't matter. I mean, people s- sing about love, and they, they have no idea. Uh, love means to act towards somebody in a self-sacrificial manner. Say the words, <laughs> I'll get them out. Look, um, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. What does love look like? It looks like giving. It doesn't look like taking. It looks like giving. And here, you don't want anyone to despise youth. Well, let me tell you how that, what that looks like. Love. I would tell you, I've said this like only a thousand times. You've heard this. We love like Jesus wants us to love. Look out, world. I'm just saying. People ain't never seen stuff like that. 
It, it's so contrary to the world. People will notice. Now, I have seen that. I'm not trying to be judgmental here. I've seen that, and it's a beautiful thing every time I see it. I, it, it just is. I give you example after example after example. But I'm just going to right here say, don't let anyone despise youth. You want to set the bar high? Well, I want you to tell you, love. In spirit, and that means following the spirit, being spirit-filled, doing what the spirit of God tells us to do. Um, it looks like obedience to the word of God. Does the spirit ever call us to live contradictory to the word of God? I'm never. No. Well, you know, the spirit of God told me, no, no. No, we got verses, wrong. Uh, I hear that, and I think like, okay, don't drag the Spirit of God into your drack. That's, it's called sin. Don't, don't try to get the Spirit of God's approval on your sin. People do all the time. They'll say, oh, you know, the Spirit told me, or God directed me, or Jesus told me. And then it's after they say, whatever they say, it doesn't line up with Scripture. We, we know that's not true. No, you want to, people to despise you. Live spirit-filled. Uh, in faith, because without faith it's impossible to please God, our walk is a faith walk. Um, young couple in Carolina, as we spoke earlier, now the faith is high to the skyline. What does it look like now? During triumph or tragedy, when you win the lottery or you get the new job or you, or you get the woman that you've been dreaming about and she says, yeah, she'll be your bride or, or whatever it looks like. When the happy things happen, your faith should be on exhibit. And when the negative things happen, does, does death come to Christians? Oh, all too often. We know that. What does your faith look like then? And listen, I'm going to tell you, keep breathing. Good things are going to happen and bad things are going to happen. It's called life. And when the good things happen, praise you, Lord. I thank you and I praise you. And then the bad things happen, praise you, Lord. It's hard and I'm, I'm praising you through tears right now. Praising you anything. You're great wisdom. And I'm, I'm, hey, what, listen, listen. Tragedy happens to both Satan and sinner alike. We know that, right? What do you do when you... You don't trust God, and the unthinkable, the unspeakable happens, like the, like the death of a child, like that we're talking about. What, what do you do in a situation like that? If I didn't have God to lean on, if I didn't have God to drive, drive strength from, well, I don't even remember. I don't think tragedy happened to me before I get Not serious tragedy, you know what I mean. And when, it, when tragedy happens, and it does to all of us, it's a fallen world, I just lean in on the Lord more and more. You, you know what it is to, and what happens. He, he strengthens us. He gives us grace. He, he, tenderly, he leads us along. He's the good shepherd. He knows. And uh, You know, there's a saying, it's not Bible verse per se, is the, he tempers the storm to the shorn lamb. I, 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 yeah, I agree with that. Or he leadeth beside still water, if you want to be scriptural green verdant pastures i mean he knows how to he knows how to lead us he knows how to guide us in faith and in purity uh-oh <laughs> uh-oh uh we're talking about youth hey listen youth old you know our 
our in Christianity, purity is absolute. It's absolute. Lascivious Christian, those are oxymorons. Um, no, purity. And we're going to look at like parts of chapter 5 are going to be how to treat you know, an older man or an older sister or a younger sister in the Lord. And it's, and it's, and it's going to talk about you know, some of these things. And the hallmark of it all is purity. But we'll Put that on the back burner. Uh, and we'll get there when we get there. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. So Paul's writing to Timothy. He says, hey, I'm coming. We'll sit down. We'll have coffee. We'll hash some things out. Until I get there, this is what I want you to do. I want you to give. Uh, I want you to give yourself to, and I want you to practice. Give attendance to reading, exhortation, to doctrine. Reading. It's like you want you to be a reader, right? What? Well, People Magazine, of course. I mean, now obviously reading to the Word. Uh, you know, I want you. I want you to give yourself attention. By the way, I am so impressed with you guys. What you've been doing with the Word this year, I'm so impressed. And people who post, I just, I read them all. I don't always comment or anything like that. Uh, but I love reading your posts. I mean, I really, really do. In that uh, the U version, that well, uh, where a lot of us to be involved. And I know there's others who are doing that, and they're just not part of the group. Well, that's fine too. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not. I can't check up on you. I don't, but I don't want to check up in the sense of like you know. But I mean, like you know, somebody's reading and they post something. And I just like, oh, praise God. And some of those things are very. Have you been reading this? Some of those things are very, very, very insightful. I'm thinking they're reading the word, they're getting it. Praise God! I, I'm I'm beside myself with joy. They're giving their their attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Exhorting is is you know teaching the word in such a way that it, it it's like edifying. It builds up. Uh, sometimes you're exhorting pe- persons to repentance. Uh, sometimes you're exhorting. Uh, people to faith or to love, uh, exhortation. You know, here's the word, and this is what we do with it. Th- in this sense, this is what the word's teaching us, and this is what you're called on to do uh, because of it. And to doctrine. Is doctrine important? Oh, my goodness, yes. I go through someplace all the times in the New Testament it says sound doctrine or good doctrine or teaching of doctrine or something like that. The whole New Testament is fraught with that. Is it important what you, what you think? Well, yeah. What you think is going to play out in how you live. And if you think wrong, there's no chance of you living right. None. Zero. So it's very important that your, your thinking lines up with the Word of God. Now, uh, till I come, I want you to give attendance to these things. After I leave, you can do anything you want. Is that you think what he's saying there? Hey, I'm going to come, uh, and but, until I get there, this is what I want you to focus on. Okay, I want you, I want you to get all this stuff. I want you to be about a word, reading the Word, exhorting the Word, uh, teaching the Word. Make sure it's sound doctrine. And after I leave, I don't care. False doctrine, don't matter, whatever, right? Obviously, he's not saying that. And you think it's just about Paul visiting Timothy? Because I read a verse like this, and I, I can't help thinking the words of Jesus Christ are kind of like bleeding over. And maybe I'm just way out of line by saying this, but this is how I look. I think Jesus is saying, till I come. That's how I look at it. 
I mean, look at all the things that Paul's saying. None of them are unworthy of a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can't help but think this is what Jesus would say to us as ministers, which is everybody. Do you minister the word? Well, this would involve you too. Hey, till I show up, this is what I want you to do. I want you to read, and I'm going to fill you up. I'm going to give you knowledge. I'm going to give you insight. I'm going to breathe my word into you. And of the overflow, all the stuff bubbling up in there, all the things that are cooking in your heart, you know what you want to do? You want to share them with other people. Exhort, because this is what love one another looks like. I mean, in one of the ways that we can love one another, and I want you to sound doctrine, don't spread any of the poison, none of the junk, none of the, there's so much of it out there. How do you, how do you keep from being in error? You got to know this book. There's no shortcut. I, I wish I, you know, I I tell you what, I listen to a lot of stuff online, everything else, and I kind of, the more I listen, the more I kind of lean towards the Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel goes back to early 70s, late 60s maybe. And before that, we didn't have Christianity, right? Who's saying, that's silly. Who's saying that? There's a lot of fine, fine teachers out there who are not Calvary Chapel teachers. You get that, right? And I listen to uh, several of them. But uh, I keep coming back to the Calvary Chapel ones. They're the most soundest. I, you, know, I, you know what I can't do? Like in the past, I've given a list of this is what I listen to. These are the, uh, some of the you know, w- uh, websites that I frequent. These are some of the podcasts that I kind of... I've done that in the past. It <laughs> causes me much anxiety to hear and to see some of the stuff on Facebook that Christians are listening to, and I'm just like, oh, appalling, appalling. Some of the books that Christians are reading, appalling. No discernment. It's like, how come you don't know better? I was talking to a friend recently, I was sitting having coffee, some I haven't visited with in a while, and we were talking about catching up on some people, this one, this one, oh, this one's, they're off the reservation, they've gone They've gone crazy. Christians gone wild. They're just here and here and here. And I'm thinking, like, they should know better. How come they don't know that? Why don't they? What, we have verses. How come they don't? And he, he was just shrugging, like, I don't know. Probably they were listening to the wrong people, the wrong message, not thinking the right thoughts. And then all of a sudden, the poison took effect. Now they're. Does that ever happen? Yeah, all the time. Back to 1 Timothy chapter 1. This is why I put you in Ephesus, you know, that you might, you know, teach and exhort and, uh, you know, strengthen these things and make sure. Uh, Was there people leaving the faith in Ephesus in the first century? Yeah. (laughs) Was it hard ground to, 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 to teach? Is that a hard place to minister? Yeah. So get out of there and find a greener pastures. No, when the going gets tough, that just means dig in. That just means you've got to redouble your efforts. That just means you've got to pray more. That just means you've got to work harder. There's no, you know, oh, there's people leaving, so therefore I just throw up my hands and quit. That's it. No, just double your efforts. More prayer, more. <clears throat> I tell you, I would have made a good ox. Just head down, keep your feet moving. 
That's what God wants of us. Uh, in my own thinking, I'm sure. Uh, Till I come. Don't worry, when I show up, I'll give you a, a respite then. In the, in the meanwhile, just keep your feet moving. We can all collapse over the finish line, which I have personally believed is much more closer than any of us would possibly think. And with that in mind, it's, it's, it's an all-out sprint at this po- point. Don't leave anything in the tank. Just, just don't. I mean, <sighs> that's how I feel. Till I come, and I think Jesus is talking through the quill of Paul to Timothy and to all of us. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, which is the laying on with with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Uh, so what happened is probably early on, you know, they laid hands on Timothy. <clears throat> what is that all about? Transferring spiritual energy, and uh, they had karma and all kinds of his. Make sure you center your chi and... No, no. <laughs> uh, identification, both in the Old Testament and New Testament. You remember when they uh, brought a, a sacrifice to the temple? What did they do? They put their hands on the, on the lamb. Is that the same thing? Pretty much. Identifying with. Okay, it's an identification thing. We're identifying people who are leaders. We don't make them leaders when we lay hands on somebody. We, don't, we understand that God has made them leaders and we kind of agree with God and we identify with them. That's why he's going to say next chapter, don't lay hands suddenly on any man or suddenly or, or quickly. To, you know, what you want to, because when they sin, you're transferring, this, you're identified with their sin. Don't, don't do that and we'll cover that controversial verse next week better. But here he's saying around Timothy, they got around him in a circle, no doubt, or something like that. They put a hand on him, they prayed, and someone prophesied, no doubt, about Timothy's gift. It happened at Lystra, or at Derby, right after uh, uh, they met him, or was it several years? I don't, I don't know. They had some sort of prayer meeting, and, and they prayed, and they recognized God's working in his life, and they identified with him, and somebody had a word of prophecy, no doubt. And what was the gift that Timothy had? Well, I don't know. I, I would guess teaching. I mean, Paul left him in Ephesus to be a teacher. I think he was like a pastor of pastors. He went around. I mean, think about it. They didn't have like one big church in Ephesus. They had thousands of believers in homes everywhere. And I think Timothy was the one who was checking, making sure the elders were in place and doing what they were supposed to be doing. Kind of like a bishop today. Do we have bishops? We have unofficial ones. You know, people outside of our, who kind of look in on us, who, yeah, I want that. I want that. I need, I need, <clears throat> I don't think anyone does good outside of, remember, we, we, we've talked about this a lot of times. You weren't meant to live your life alone. And I think we all need somebody to hold our feet to the fire, human nature being what it is. I, do we do good outside of that? I don't know anyone who does do that good all by themselves. I keep, I'll keep my own feet to the fire. Thank you very kindly. You don't tell me anything and I don't... Okay. <laughs> we'll see where that goes. When people are leaving, 
church wholesale because they won't have anyone have any oversight in their lives. Um, and there's word on that, and we'll get there too. Neglect not the gift of Zindi, which is, was given thee by prophecy. Uh, so everyone has a spiritual gift. We visited here before. Now, if I ask you what your spiritual gift, you may or may not know. You may or may not suspect. But I'll tell you what this, I hear from time to time, well, I don't really have any spiritual gift. And people think that's humility. It's not humility. It's scriptural obliviousness. Ignorance, but ignorance. You're, not, you're ignoring what scripture says about it, Okay. Uh, no, it's not. And if you know that, good. If you don't know that, that's, that's fine. I think as we love the Lord and uh, serve Him, our gift will come to the front. I'm not even really all that nerved up about somebody going out and taking this little, you know, IQ test, Christian IQ test they found in a Christian magazine or online, and, and you know, they check all the, and they uh, really rate high in this category, so that's where their spiritual gift. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know anything about that. I think as you serve the Lord, your gift will come to the front. If you don't neglect it. A friend of mine was telling me, you know, he, he said he used to speak in tongues and for a long season he hadn't. Because he didn't go to church to kind of, you know, was about that sort of thing. And he, God used this verse to say, hey, I gave you a gift. I want you to use it. Is that, you think that's a good application of this verse? I think it's fine. I have no problem with that. Um, What's your, what's your gift? Well, I don't know. Well, I, again, just as we serve the Lord, as we're all in, as we're living in examples to other believers, I think our gifts come to the front. I just think they do. And God's given them for the what? Edifying of the body. Edify. Edifice is a building. Edify is to build up. God's given us gifts to build up the body. I didn't even show up. <laughs> I never even come. I, I didn't care. So you, you can go get built up all on your own, right? Well, I think, you know, to edify, you have to, you know, forsake not the assemblings of yourselves together, as the manner of some is. But evermore, as that day approaches, you know, you're building up one another, right? Uh, so, one, you have to show up. And you're saying, um, hello, we're here. I know. <laughs> That's always the problem. I'm always talking to the ones who need it the least. But I think that's, you know, job one. And then, like, how can I, Lord, what am I, how can I build people up? How can I, you know, does it just mean praying for one another? Does it just mean just, frankly, just flat out loving one another? Uh, someone's in a, you know, a situation where you're just, you're, just, you're just a sounding board. You're just listening. Is it, you know, I see, you know, I'm not blind to stuff. I see people, little pockets, people praying for each other and stuff and crying on each other's shoulder and all that. I see all that stuff. I'm not blind to it. Is that what it means? I, listen, however, you know what? It leaves kind of a carte blanche. It leaves like a big opening here. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. What gift is that? We don't know. And I think we don't know because so that you don't say, well, I don't have that gift, so I don't have to. I don't have to apply this verse to my life. And by the way, this is a natural talent. I always see people, you know, saying like stuff like that, you know. My gift is music. I think you very well may be. You might be gifted that way, but that's not a spiritual gift. I mean, uh, if you listen to like, you know, 
what kind of music you like. I like Sinatra. I don't think it's very spiritual at all. I'm just saying, okay? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you, you say, oh, you know, Frank Sinatra says, oh, I guess it's a real spiritual gift. God gave it. No, I don't think so. My way? Come on, get out of here with that stuff. Uh, and so you can be a musician and not be spiritual at all. I think spiritual gifts are spiritual. I think they, they, they're, they're an aspect or a slice of or a, or a small picture of the life of Jesus Christ. I think that's all the spiritual gifts add up to be, our gifts composite add up to Jesus Christ. And so like, you know, I, I remember like we were taking, a pastor asked us all like, we, we were a group, and we had uh, was a Sunday school group, and it was probably about nah, maybe 20 people in the group, and he had a little slip of paper, and he had us all write our spiritual gifts, so what we thought was a spiritual gift. And nobody wrote anything that was on the list, <laughs> except me, because I've always been that way. I've always been like Bible sensitive, and I wrote exhortation because I really thought that was it way back in the day. I still think it is somewhat. And anyway, uh, so I wrote that down, and and people write bookkeeper. If you're keeping books. I hope you're a spiritual person, and I hope you're an integrous person, but that doesn't mean, I mean, there's wicked bookkeepers, and they're going to do a really good job. I don't think that's a spiritual gift. I don't think that makes you more like Jesus. Now, I think anything you do, you know, to the best of your ability, like, uh, you know, I'm a plumber, and I just, I'm just plumbing for Jesus. I'm just showing up. I do good work, and I'm just, I think that glorifies God, but it's not necessarily a spiritual gift. You understand the difference, right? So, so whatever, I think Paul, Paul's telling Timothy, and I think God's telling us, hey, you got a gift, I gave you a gift, don't neglect it. Will you be judged for that later on? Will you give an account? Like everything else. What did you do with what I've given you? You know, the parable of the miners and the talents and the, his 10,000 talents occupied like come, comes back. He's looking for a return on his investment. I get it. I've given you a gift. What are you doing? Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Listen. Meditate upon these things. Meditate, I know, it's kind of fallen on hard times. We've got to sit in a lotus position, and if you've got some awful-smelling candles burning, that helps, right? And you've got to repeat some om, om, calling on some spirit guide to come and inhabit you or something like that. I want you all meditating. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Meditate on the things of the Lord. I do this kind of all the time, all the time. As a matter of fact, it, it takes me like a, a second or two to come. So someone like walks in my office and they start talking to me. Wait a second, I gotta <laughs> I gotta come back to reality. I think about the word of God all the time. So we have our, you know, uh, Bible time. I, I have my driving to work. And then the rest of the day I'm kind of chewing on it, kind of spitting it up, ruminating, chewing on it again like a cow chewing its cud. That's where we get the word meditate in the Old Testament, by the way, from ruminants. You know how they chew up everything several times and there's four different stomachs like on a cow and all. I don't want to get in the cow digestive system. But that's what we're asked to do as Christians. What else? What are you wasting your time thinking about? 
thinking about what well, I'm teaching. You know, I'm always like two or three, three or four days from a final exam, so I'm always thinking about the Word of God. What am I going to say? I got this verse here. I get this. How am I going to approach this? How am I going to get this across in such and such a way? I'd be praying for illustrations. I'd be thinking about it all the time. I think that's what God wants us to do. Otherwise, we're letting the world in. We're letting, what are you watching, news? You're watching CNN? i got to figure out how to think about this, so I'm going to watch CNN and do whatever they tell me. I don't care about the Bible so much. I just care about news. And now the way I think is the... Uh, we having dinner with uh, Norman Sandy and our last governor, uh, LePage, they were uh, saying there was a person in the church who hated, hated, all oh, with a purple passion, hated LePage. And I'm thinking, like, seemed like a halfway decent governor. He said some kind of silly things that I didn't really, I wouldn't encourage. I think, don't you get any spin doctors, dude? Don't you get some people say, hey, that's not a good thing to say? Uh, but I thought he was overall not, you know, pretty high marks, especially economically. Should we hate him? I don't. I don't advocate you hate anybody. But what were they doing? Well, they listened to the news, and the news was not <laughs> pro-LePage, and they were getting their information from where they meditate on the Word of God. I think they were watching the news too much. And I've always dis- tried to discourage that because you ain't going to get any truth. They're going to try to shape your opinion, and it's not an opinion for the best. So, so what are you saying? Don't watch the news? Yes. <laughs> I'm not forbidden. I don't. I sure don't, because they, they, they ain't going to help me know things any better. I was watching breaking news this morning on, on, the, uh, on his channel with Don Stewart. Well, I get more information five minutes from Don Stewart on what's going on in the world. Uh, J.D. Uh, Farag, um, his prophecy updates on Sunday night, I recommend them. I mean, if you want to know what's happening in the world of prophecy, and there's many out there, uh, Amir Safardi, uh, should you be listening to him? I think so. I think so. I mean, if you really want to know what's going on from a biblical standpoint. Otherwise, what are you filling your brain with? Meditate upon these things and give thyself holy, not H-O-L-Y, holy, W-H-O, give your whole being, give yourself to these things. Right? I want to kind of stick my toe in. Christianity. I want to just kind of see how the water is and just kind of, I want to get to, you know, just kind of like dabble in the Christianity things, right? We call those hypocrites. It, there's, there's nothing in it. People try Christianity. Have you, done, have you talked to somebody who isn't walking in the faith? You've done this and they're not there anymore, right? And what do they say? I tried that. You dove in headfirst and swam in the river that is the Holy Spirit and got carried up in the things of the Spirit. That's what you did? Is that your... Uh, no, no, I used to go to church. My, when I was a little kid, my, my grandma took me to the Methodist church and I... They think they tried... I'm using my ditto fingers. They tried Christianity. You have no idea... You have no idea what you're talking about. And they've kind of rejected it. Ah, it wasn't much on, yeah, I didn't really find anything there for me. Hey, most of us have a story where we tried Christianity, we were brought up in the things of, of the faith, maybe, to some degree or, or another. No, that's not what God's calling us to do. Listen, what do you do with the verse like this? 
Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them in order that thy profiting may appear to all. Look, verse 8. God, bodily exercise profiteth little. It profits for a little while. It can be translated. You, you get the endorphins after you jog or something like that. Good. Nobody's saying different. Nobody from uh, uh, this church is saying, no, I don't want you exercising. No, exercise is great. It, it profits, profits for a little while, but godliness is profitable unto all things all your relationships, all your whole, every aspect of your life. Godliness is profitable unto all things, having promised the life that now is and of that which is to come. Pie in the sky by and by. No, it's, it's good right now, right the way you live now. If you give yourself wholly to these things, if you dabble in these things, if you've got a toe in the stream, don't think you've given yourself wholly to these things. Don't think that the profiting is going to appear to all. Listen, I've had people even who don't love the things of God remark on like me and my wife's relationship or on our life, who aren't even, they don't even agree with the way we view life. Mom thinks I'm a heretic. We've, we've had that discussion. Mom says great things about my, my bride here, who thinks... She thinks she's all wet theologically, but her life shapes up to be better than, and she said as much. Like, wow, you know, I wish everyone was as devout as, all my kids were as devout as you guys. The heathen, the black sheep. Does our, does our profiting appear unto all? I think so, even to your enemies, if you're all in. Listen, I, listen there's no halfway yeah, I'm, I'm checking out the landscape. I remember uh, one of Sue's sisters who became a Christian, but before that, um, one of our kids, when they little asked her if she was a Christian, she says, well, I like to think that I am. And they said, no, you're not. And she's, what have you been telling them? And they, I think the kid was like six. I, I think it was... Uh, Micah's older brother. I, I, I can't remember to be sure. But I think it was like, he was like six or seven. No, you're not. And she was, oh, she's taken aback. What are you telling them? I, Susan's was laughing. She's, I didn't tell them anything. They added up two and two, came up with four. What do you want from me? You know, she's like, uh, and so she said, she goes, well, what I want to do is I want to see what Satan has for me and see what Jesus has for me and then make the choice based on, she did too. But she checked, Satan first. That's, that was a bad idea. Uh, is that, so she's dabbling in the satanic and she's dabbling in the Christian and she's going to weigh it all out. What a great idea. <laughs> Wrong. Hey, hey, the, no, 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 no. You meditate on these things and you give yourself wholly to them. There's no restraints. There's no, hey, wait, what do you think? You get points for holding back? Lord, I'm all in. I'm all yours. Every fiber of my being belongs to you for your service only all the time. Uh, what else would you do? Lord, uh, here's, here's, here's the deal. I'll give you 90% of me. Or I'll give you 100% of me 90% of the time. Or I'll show up for church. Listen, I'll even toss in a 20 every now and then. Deal? It's like, I want everything. 
Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't you give all? Why would you hold anything back from such a magnificent benefactor, such a wonderful heavenly father? I want my, the blessing of God to appear in my life in such a way that nobody doubts it. I want it to be that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto thy doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Deliver yourself is the idea. Save. You think save in the soteriological sense. You go to heaven if you do these things. You're not going to go to heaven if you do any things. It's not designed that way. It's a free gift. Will you deliver yourself if you do these things? Yeah, you're going to deliver yourself from a lot of headache and heartache and half-heartedness and hypocrisy. And uh, look, uh, meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them. That's deliverance from the things that you would have in your life if you didn't give yourself wholly to them. People are thinking, well, you're just a talky-talky. You're not a walkie-talky. You're not a real deal, Christian. You're just kind of one of these mouthy, mealy-mouth. Does that bring reproach to the name of Jesus Christ and trouble in your life? Yeah, sure it does. Sure it does. You want to deliver yourself from that? No, you give yourself wholly to these things. And you take heed to yourself, to the doctrine. You continue in it. In doing this, you'll both save yourself and them that hear thee, because you want to take others with you. So you're talking to your people who you love, who have rejected. But when you're all in, they don't really have an answer for that. Not really, they don't. But if you're halfway in, they sure can say, oh yeah, they, they talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. I'm not trying to cast any... Mm, I'm not trying to make anyone feel badly here. Because we can all say, no, I'm, I'm really not. Satan's the accuser of the brethren. I don't want to be the accuser of the brethren and cistern for that matter. I don't, I'm, not, I'm trying to encourage you. Here's the thing. Your life is always less than perfect, and it's always going to be less than perfect, right? Even if you give yourself wholly to these things. Why? Because you're still a human being. And so we, we look at our lives and we say, eh, ain't quite what it should be. That's true. Welcome to my life. And then we start beating ourselves up. Well, the reason my son's not saved is because I'm not all in. No, that's not exactly correct at all. You live an outstanding, glorious life. Some will be saved and some won't. And people make their choices. And, but just live and live in such a way that like, and then when you're less than ideal, be quick to apologize. People, people in America I found are very forgiving. They really are. Uh, yeah, I messed up. That was awful. I can't believe I was so... People, ah, don't worry about it. Why? Because they're hoping that goes around, comes around, they'll, you'll be forgiving on their life too. People are very forgiving. When do we run into trouble? When we try to obfuscate, explain why we're, we're really the idea when we're really not. Here's, um, God says, here, live this life. And we're all like, oh, who can do it? Take a, take a fair stab at it, an honest assessment of it. Try for perfection. You'll achieve excellence. You with me? All right. <laughs> That's a good place to stop. We've we'll reached the end of the chapter. Let's stand. Our musicians will come send us out of here in song. And
We'll pray. Father, I hope nobody under the sound of my voice here this morning is condemned, but I hope everybody's challenged to step up their game. You say that we're supposed to think about these things and give ourselves wholly to them. And Lord, why wouldn't we give ourselves wholly to this awesome God who loves us? Nobody's ever loved us like you've loved us. Nobody's even close. There is nobody in second place. You're so far ahead of the pack. Lord, we thank you and praise you that you uh, so loved us that you gave your only begotten Son to secure our salvation. We praise you, Lord, for being so good all the time. And Lord, uh, we, again, we commit ourselves to you afresh. Be glorified in the, our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. It is our desire to get God's word out to all. So our podcasts and everything else downloaded from our website is free. But we do have expenses. And if you feel led to give a dollar for this resource, please go ahead and click the Give tab on our website at plowboyministries.org. Grace and peace. And everything I want out dear, I count it all as long. Lead me to the cross where you're